idolatry. John the Apostle said, keep yourselves from idols. Well, this begs the question, what then is idolatry? Idolatry is the sin of creating pseudo-ultimates in place of the ultimate ultimate, who is God. It is looking to other things besides God to provide ultimate fulfillment in our lives. Now, granted, we're not melting down our gold, throwing parties, and dancing around it. Uh, we have a different type of idolatry. It's updated, 2.0 style. Call it neo-idolatry. It's a little more sophisticated, perhaps. It comes packaged differently. We market it differently, but nevertheless, it does the same thing to our heart. It's been said before by John Calvin that the human heart is an idol factory. We churn out idol after idol after an idol. And these are often good things that become ultimate things in our lives. I remember hearing a story about an American pastor who was in, in, in India. And he was walking down a dusty road and he came upon a place where they were sacrificing uh, to uh, chickens to the chicken god. And basically, uh, as you know, there are over 300 million idols in India. And he spoke to this lady there and he said, hey, will you ever come to America? And she says, oh, I've been there before. I'll never come again. He was shocked and he asked why. She said, because I cannot stomach the idolatry. He thought, here I am watching people sacrifice, you know, chickens to the chicken gods and she can't stomach the idolatry? What's the deal? And where do you see idols? He wondered. She said, your idols are everywhere. You build stadiums to your idols and you gather around and you worship your idols and stadiums. You throw parties in your family rooms and invite your friends to come and gather before your idols in your family rooms. You build restaurants to your idols. They're on every corner corner. They're all over the place. You see, isn't it interesting how idolatry has a different perspective looking through the lens of one culture than it does our own? We need to realize that idolatry is running rampant, not in every culture, but in every human heart. And the way we crush idolatry is through craving God. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. And we're going to continue with our 11th commandment Christian that has to embrace the Word of God in order to break out of the 11th commandment Christian. Again, what is the 11th commandment Christian? The 11th commandment Christian says, Thou shalt be nice. They forget about the 10 commandments in order to be nice. They'll forfeit, they'll forfeit the law of God and what God requires of man in order to satisfy the culture, to become a man pleaser to become accepted by society and negate the word of God and turn literally turn their backs on God. So what we want to do, and this, this preaching has gone prevalent all over the place. It's, it's everywhere where, you know, it's all the nice sayings that God is love and, and God is God, God would never ever do anything to anyone that is harmful. That's not God because God's, you know, that's not nice. If it's, if it's if it's if it's nice then it's god if it's not nice then it's not god and and so looking through the biblical lens we see things a lot different we see things a lot different and i want to kind of just open that up to you because we're going to be talking about one of paul's hot buttons i mean paul was a stickler don't forget paul was a pharisee okay and part of paul's training as a man training in the things of god training in the torah the law the the midrash 
knowing all those Jewish traditions that he was ingrained in him, it was to defend the it was to defend the word of God. It was to defend Yahweh, to defend God. And that that's why he was persecuting the church, because he was going against anyone that was not supporting Yahweh and the temple and and the Torah, you know, and they thought that the people of the way, the Christians of the time that they were going against Yahweh and Paul was after him to clean house and and so you just don't you just don't um, you just don't get rid of that type of training the knowledge base how he retained again he says I did this I did these things ignorantly in other words I didn't understand you know I, I persecuted the church but I didn't understand you know I had the right idea but I had the wrong perspectives you know I meant well I meant to protect the gospel I meant to protect Yahweh. I meant to protect the law, but I was destroying what Jesus was doing. I didn't understand Jesus. I didn't understand the great plan of God. And so when you look at this individual and he says, he says in, in first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14, where he says to flee, run, run from idolatry, idolatry, run from it. Fuego is the Greek word for flee. Run. That means like the house is on fire. That means like don't hang around it. Identify it. Know it. Know what it feels like. Know how. Know when you're creating an idol in your heart. Know these things. Flee from it. Run from it. Don't create any. Don't create any idols in your heart. Identify what's trying to capture your affections. Identify these things. You know when when you look at when you look at Romans chapter one now, okay? Because this where we're gonna we're gonna start with this. We destroy this this ide this ideology, okay? That God is just, just dripping from heaven, the balcony of heaven. He's just dripping down all this goopy, lovey, dovey stuff. Well, let's read the Bible because the Bible is the thoughts and the intentions of God. It's who God is. It describes God. It describes as many multifaceted facets of Him. Romans chapter 1, 18 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what, what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. So they, God has shown them. Listen, those bleeding hearts that, that are so concerned about, you know, if, if, we, if, if we preach that sinners are sinners, if we preach that everybody needs God because they're sinners, then they're not going to want to come. And then if they don't want to come, then God, you know, we, we have to, we, we want them to accept the message. We want them to just be so, so feel the, the, the velvety feelings of that. No, no. The wrath of God, the wrath of God is against the unrighteousness and the ungodliness of men. Why? Because they exchange the knowledge of God, okay, or they, they what I would call, they subdue, they push it down, they censor it for their unrighteous truths, their lies, their pseudo, their pseudo ideology. 
knowing that they don't have any truth in them, they push it as truth. God says, listen, don't get bleeding hearts for this world because I left a creation that's so beautiful and so magnificent that, that leaves them in awe that, 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 that the greatest pulpit is nature. Where nature comes out and they send it, when they sit at the sea and they see the beautiful waves coming in and they see the sunsets that they go man there is a creator see every day the world the world is getting a sermon preached right at them with the beautiful sun the stars at night the the horizons the 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 sunsets the the mad the majestic mountains or whatever but god left a testimony in creation man knows that he didn't create that. And again, that's why they that's why they, they have clever, what we would call clever ideas on how to get around the truth and get around things. You know, they get they came out with um with uh, Darwin and they come out with all these the you know evolution and they come out with all these philosophies to explain away and to suppress the truth of God for the lies. So again, don't feel sorry for the world. God's left a preacher. God left his majesty in all of creation. So when you start thinking about, oh, we well, we have to soften the message. No, no. God didn't make the God didn't make the, the universe. Um, and he didn't make the, the, the cosmos and he didn't make the earth unbeautiful for a reason. For any reason. He made it beautiful so that it would preach a sermon of a majestic God, a creative creator, someone greater than them. Oh, everybody, everything preaches, man. Everything preaches. Everything preaches. You don't have to, you don't have to sit there and change the message. God says, hey, I left enough out there for them to know that I'm God. Don't change the message. So when I look at the scripture here and I see this word wrath, oh man, people go, oh, oh, that's again, you know, they also, I, I heard some, I heard some uh, preachers say, um, hey, they, took, they pulled Romans chapter 1 out of the Bible in California. You can't preach Romans chapter 1 where God is, God is pouring out His wrath and it's revealed from the heavens against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Oh, you can't preach that in California. Trust me, they, they've tried to suppress our preaching. They've come against the language of transformation. They've come against the language of holiness and righteousness. They've come against purity. They've come against... Because it's oppressive. It's oppressive. It doesn't tell them that they're, that they're good. It doesn't tell them that, that, they are, that they are okay. Because it's telling them they need to change. That they need, they need redemption. They need forgiveness. They need, to, they need uh, reformation. They need these sanctification. They need holiness. They need these things in order to overcome in life. They don't like that. Because you're not approving of their sin. You're not approving of their passions. You're not approving of their ideology. Okay, don't forget, ideology and image go, go the same way. You create, you create images, ideologies, thinking, ways of thinking, patterns, and then you worship them. You create them and you worship them. Listen, this is important for you and I to understand. The ideologue, the images that we create, Paul warns us against flee from images, free, flee from situations that are going to create images in your heart that you're going to bow down secretly and worship in your private time in your alone time you listen we have a lot of work to do in this area because our culture is filled with idolatry 
It's filled with it. So let's take a good look at some scripture real quick. Romans chapter 1, 21 through 25 says this, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. Futile in their thoughts. Empty, worthless in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of God, of the incorruptible God, into an image made like corruptible man and the birds and the four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. I want to stop right there and say this, that when Paul writes this, it says, rather than the Creator, who is blessed? Who's blessed? The Creator is blessed. And he's blessed. He's the blesser also. Amen. He leaves it there. He leaves the ultimate there. He gives you, he gives you the, the, the image right there that God is blessed. And then if we revert back, he starts saying this. He, he gives them up to dishonor their bodies. Look at all the dishonoring that has gone on okay, in, in our culture. Look at all the dishonoring of the bodies, of what people have done to themselves, how they mutilated themselves, how, they, how they've uh, given themselves over to strange fleshes and things in those natures, sexual perversions. Just look at those things. Look at the crazy things that humanity has done. Why? Because they exchange the knowledge of God for their lies. I want you to understand that. This is how idols are created. An exchange of information. Okay? They don't retain God in their knowledge. That's what's happening in our school systems. That's what's happening. That's what's happening in our education systems. That's what hap that's what's happening all over the globe is the fact that they're not retaining God in their knowledge. And when you do that, you create your own gods. You create your you create your own images. You create your you begin to worship yourself. See, man loves themselves, and they they think that they're God. They're they're invincible. They create their own image. They they have the Nebuchadnezzar issues, where they're going to create an image of themselves. So when you start looking at how, how images are created, they're created when you exchange the knowledge of God for humanistic knowledge, for agnosticism, for existentialism. When you begin to exchange the knowledge of God, when you get out of the basics of the Bible, when you get out of the basics of God's Word, you, you begin to create your own idols. You begin to create your own ways. Some some preachers love the love the the etymological makeup of their sermons, so they worship their sermons, they worship their thoughts, they worship they 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 get the applause from the crowd. They 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 want the altars full because that's their idol. The people are idolizing. They they take a look the selfie. The selfie Christian, the selfie that always has to look at themselves because they're idolizing themselves. Listen, this is subtle. This is why we we have to break away from a lot of these um, systems of man because they're producing idol worship. They're they're causing us to look at ourselves instead of look at Christ. Very subtle, okay. Now Paul Paul says this. Paul describes uh, description of idolatry is exchanging the glory of God. I'm exchanging the glory of God for my glory. I exchange the glory of God for the glory of something else. Anything else. 
Paul says the rejection of the knowledge of God is inherently idolatry. Okay? If I put the Bible down and exalt anything above God's word, I've committed idolatry. Let that sink in. Okay? Paul, again, being a good Pharisee, being a good Pharisee, and I'm going to show you some things about what Paul writes about this. I'll show you in Acts chapter 17 what God, what Paul does about idolatry. Watch this. He says this. Paul, Paul's pres- preservation of the Ten Commandments throughout his writing, the moral law, the ceremonial laws, throughout his entire writings, through the New Testament, his epistles, his pastoral writings, carry these two major themes. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make any graven images. Don't make any graven images. Don't, don't, don't worship any crosses. Don't worship any tombs. Don't worship any, don't worship any doves. Don't worship, I don't care how holy they are. No, if you can make it with your hands, do not worship it. If it can come out of your heart, do not worship it. Okay, Psalms 106, uh, verse 20 and 21 says this. Now this is Israel. Thus they changed the glory, changed their glory into the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God their Savior who had who had done great things in Egypt. Again, he's talking about the children of Egypt. He's talking about the great exchange. What do we exchange for? Okay? What do we exchange for? Jeremiah 2.11 Has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods, but my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. So again, a profitable life is a life that understands God correctly, keeps Him in the proper perspective, worships God only, and doesn't create and worship anything that is built with a man's hand. Okay, I like what 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 6-11 says this. Now these things became our examples to, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they are, as they also lusted. He's comparing the children of Israel to the church. He's using the children of Israel as an example. He says, listen, the minute you lust after evil things, you're going to create evil things. Okay, and do not become idol, idol, idolaters as were some of them. In other words, they created idols. They created why? Because of lust, because because they they pursued things with passion. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. They rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality again. Idol worship and sexual immorality, they go hand in hand. What you idolize, what you fantasize about, what images are in your mind, okay? That's why pornography, and that's why all those sexual sins, perversions within the mind are so devastating because they, they, they drive passions. They drive you, okay? And if you have fantasy land in your head, guess what? Your body, your emotions responded and it draws you into sin. Watch this. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Hmm, that's not nice. 23,000 died because of idol worship, sexual perversion. Hmm. Nor let us tempt Christ. Wow, don't play with Jesus. That's not nice. Why Why don't tempt him? Because God's, Jesus is not nice. He's not nice. As some of them also tempted, they were destroyed by serpents, nor complaint. Wow. So now he start talking about if you idolize your situations you're, and you start complaining, it's because your, your, your complaints are describing your idols. You are worshiping your problems. 
Watch this. Nor complained, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happen to them as examples. As examples? I mean, you mean that can happen to us? You mean that can have the same effect to us? Bingo. I know it's not nice. The 11th commandment Christian can, can never see this happening that Jesus, Jesus doesn't play by their rules. Jesus is not nice. Now says, now all these things happen to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition upon, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, look, look at the children of Israel. Those of you that think that you got everything together and that everything is perfect, examine yourself. Look at their example. Look at yourself. Look at your heart. And if you think that you're good in all areas, be careful because idolatry is subtle. It sneaks in. It's 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 it comes in through your thought life. It comes in through through the culture. It comes in through the media. It comes in through multifaceted things. Anything what Paul says is anything can become an idol if we're not careful. Watch this. Verse verse uh, verse fourteen says this. Therefore, my beloved, flee idolatry. Okay, I skipped a few verses to get to this. I speak to wise men. Judge yourself for what I say. The cup of blessings which we, which we bless is not the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break is it not communion of the body of Christ. For we, though many, are one bread and one body. For we all partake of the one bread. Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What am I saying then? That an idol is anything, or what is offered to idols is anything. Rather, the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. So here Paul, Paul says, be careful, be careful of what you idolize because there's demonic activity attached to this. See, if you don't believe this, if you don't understand that the idolatry, the things that you worship, is demonically pushed, ask yourself a question. Why do you care so much about what people think about you if you don't idolize yourself? That's a very important question. If you make a post on Facebook, the first thing you say, how many people like it? How many people, I want this to go viral. Why? 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 It's important for you to understand to understand how how this how this demonic works. First Timothy chapter four verse one. In the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You have to understand the enemy will seduce you, and then he will teach you. He's a doctrine. He has doctrines to teach you of devils, to create images, to pull you away, to draw you into things. Paul writes here, and he says this. The Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? So again, when you fight the knowledge of God, when you fail to examine, when you fail to take a good look at yourself, when you fail to, to really look at 
at your, your strengths and your weaknesses, you're in trouble. I'm in trouble. The culture, the culture is, is, is rife with demonic activity to draw you away from, from God and Christ, the Word of God. See, the intellectual element in humanity's folly is what we're dealing with. Idols deceive the ignorant, and the idolatry led people away from the knowledge of God. Thus, God himself. So if you're away from the knowledge of God, you're away from God himself. That's why it's important to never let go of the knowledge of God out of your out of your memory bank out of your out of the out of your heart keep the knowledge of God there Joshua chapter 1 chapter 1 tells you meditate on the word day and night that you may that you may observe to do all things that are written therein and then you'll have good success meditate day and night why because of this so that you will you will never create an idol you will always worship God correctly Idols deceive the ignorant. The idolatry led people away from the knowledge of God and thus God himself. Such images and idol reveal the wrong thinking about God. So if you, if you have images and idols within you, it's because you have the wrong thinking about who God is. Listen, you, you, can, you can have the best gift, gifts and talents, but if you don't have the understanding of God in your heart, if you don't understand God correctly, then idolatry will pop up its ugly head. Now, I'm going to finish this story with you. Acts chapter 17. This is, this is Paul. Don't forget, Paul, Paul is on fire. Okay, Paul don't play. Paul don't play with anything. But Paul goes to Athens, Greece. Okay, he goes down to, to, to the great uh, underground world of the Greeks. The great minds and the great thinkers with all the mythology comes from. And he goes into all the philosophers. He goes into the hotbed of thinking. He goes into the place of argument. In Acts chapter 17, 16 through 23, listen to this. He says, Now while Paul awaited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. So the city was giving over to idols. In other words, he was walking around the city and he saw all these gods that people were creating, these wooden images, all these images that were around the city. Paul got ticked off. Paul says, I've got to say something here. Paul says, I want a discussion with these people here. I want, you know what? It's unacceptable that they don't know who God is, that they're, they are creating gods. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogues with the Jews and the Gentiles and the wor Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain uh, Epic Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him and said, and some said, what does this babbler want to say? Man, they called him a babbler. You know what that means? That means a spreader of seed. In other words, no, no real fruit to your thinking, no, no half-truths or unborn truths or, or you know, ignorance. They called him ignorant. They called him a babbler. They called him a seed spitter. That's a slap in the face to a, to a, to a brilliant mind. 
It's like calling somebody that, that graduated from the greatest universities and have all these degrees and you call them ignorant or you call them dumb or you call them, you know, that, that they don't make sense. He says, others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. They thought the resurrection was a God, a is a God. <laughs> okay, this is how foreign Paul was to them. But Paul attacked their idols. He wanted to, because he was coming after the images that they were creating with their hands. That was exposing what was in their hearts. And he says this, and they took him and brought him from um, Aeropagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine is of what you speak, for we are bringing some strange thing. you're bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. Uh, then Paul stood in the midst of Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that all things that you are that you are very religious, for I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, the objects of your worship. That's what pushes idolatry. Paul was able to see what they were worshiping, what they created with their hands, what they created with their from their passions, what their thinking was creating. He was able to see it and he attacked it. He said this, For I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship and I found an altar with an inscription to the unknown God. And you know the rest of the story. Paul explained who the unknown God was. And it wasn't one of their idols, which they created from their hearts and which they produced with their hands so that everybody can see what's in their heart. See, whatever you worship, Whatever you worship, whether it's sports and athletics, whether it's whether it's your job, whether it's whether it's your personal passions, whatever it is, you're creating an image by your behaviors. You're creating a pattern. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, your soul, and your body, right? Love Him. Serve Him. In him alone. Examine your hearts. Because the 11th commandment Christian. Don't like to tear down idols. Because you can do whatever you want. Because God is love. And they forget. That the wrath of God. Is, is revealed. To all mankind. And their unrighteousness. And ungodliness. Romans 1.18. I know. It's not nice. But it's the Bible. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Prophetic Whispers, and we'll get in a little further than we were today. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed this. Bye-bye.